0: You're listening to the Live Free Now podcast, bringing you the news, views, tips, and tools you can use to live a free, prosperous, and healthy life. Find us online at livefreenow.show. And now your host, John Bush. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Live Free Now show, bringing you the news, views, tips, and tools you can use to live a free, prosperous, and healthy life. Super excited for the program today. We are going to be joined by J.P. Sears, who is really making an impact in this world and doing so through humor and just straight hard-hitting truths about the world. Which, unfortunately, unless you've been living under a rock, uh, the truth's been under attack. But at the end the truth shall set you free and the truth seekers and the truth speakers and the truth livers are coming out in full force and super excited to announce that JP will be joining us at the Greater Reset for Co-creation in Texas it's going to be an incredible event here in Bastrop. My good friend Derek Bros, he just went on the Del Big Tree show, actually. He was doing a live set on the High Wire. It went really well. But uh, Derek will be hosting the event in Morelia, Mexico. And of course, Del Big Tree will be speaking down there in Mexico. And if you can't join us in Texas or Mexico, which is definitely the best way to experience the event, you'll be able to hear from JP. Also, Zuby will be performing at a Saturday night concert at uh, the same time there. Uh, if you can't join us in Mexico or Texas, then you can watch online for free. We're just giving it away. It's five days of inspirational activists talks, entrepreneurs, visionaries, thinkers, doers. It's all about bringing together a community of free people so we can push back on this great reset agenda, not just push back and like freak out and whine and cry and write articles, but build a better future. And it takes each and every one of us coming together, meeting one another, building solid connections with one another, and getting our hands dirty, making stuff happen. And somebody that's making stuff happen, reaching all sorts of people, uh, with a positive message. We need more positivity in this world. There's all sorts of fear, doom and gloom and scary documentaries and blood clots and all this crazy stuff going on. But we need to remember that life is really beautiful and there's all sorts of stuff to be happy about and to be grateful about. And I personally am grateful uh, for Crystal who helped to set this interview up because I'm a big fan of Mr. J.P. Sears and I'm absolutely honored that he's here on the Live Free Now show. And I'm even more honored that he'll be joining us in Texas for the Greater recess. So without further ado, without, let me finish up all my yap, and let's bring on the man, J.P. Sears. How are you?
1: John, I'm good. Thank you for having me, brother. And I am couldn't be more looking forward to the event, brother. I just being in a, a gathering of like-minded, but more importantly, like-hearted people, that fuels me. So I'm I'm so looking forward to being there, and the fact that I get to contribute is just like a – uh, cherry on top so great to be talking with you today
0: awesome you're here in central texas yeah
1: i am i'm uh just a little bit south of austin we we moved to dripping springs earlier this summer but had been in the austin area for about five years before that
0: yeah I love dripping springs. It's great. In fact, sometimes I'm envious because there's like all these cool people and there's all these cool alternative schools out there. But yeah. we're here east of Austin. You can't you can't be in Austin anymore if you think like we do. It's a bit of a challenge. What, what's your experience with that?
1: You know, I, I like challenges. And <laughs> as much as like there's there's things we stand for that necessitates the warrior spirit come out against some of the challenges. Um, I like diversity, and and I'm not talking about the woke diversity of like everybody needs to look different and let's judge people based on the color of their skin, not the content of their character, which runs completely contrary to what Martin Luther King Jr. taught. But I think diversity of thought is important. Now, I I think having a strong, rooted, uh, connected community of like-minded and like-hearted people, that's essential. But also experiencing what are other people thinking? I know for sure I'm not right about everything. And I also, so I learn from other people's thinking and I also learn what not to think based on the lunacy of some people's thinking. So yeah, Austin, it's, um, I will say I like living outside of Austin better than in Austin because I don't want to be immersed in too much wokeness, but I like that there's, there is that diversity that Austin offers.
0: I appreciate that, and um, there's always, you know, we got a big, crazy freedom movement, truth movement, health freedom, whatever. This big conglomeration of of crazy folks that dare to question the narrative. But a lot of people get real hard headed and stuck in their thinking, and they're all high and mighty, like I la 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 I know about the conspiracy. That means I'm better than everybody. So I appreciate you bringing that up because it is important for us to challenge our own perspective. And I actually found a lot of compassion for a lot of these folks that are still freaked out about COVID, wearing masks and stuff, because I saw firsthand, like, wow, there's genuine fear. And if you watch mainstream media or listen to NPR, even still to this day, you kind of understand where these folks are coming from. So I think that's an important perspective you bring up. I definitely appreciate that.
1: Well, and I think you're adding to the perspective of acknowledging when we see people who they might be obnoxious, they might be extremely disrespectful, they might be just off the rocker and doing destructive things and advocating destructive things. That's true, no excuse for that. However, it's also important, like you said, to have a compassionate heart, realizing what's underneath the anger and the, the rage and the mom mentality. It's a scared person. Yeah. And if you've ever been around like a scared child, easy to have compassion. They, uh, Someone who's scared, they need help and support. So at the end of the day, that's what these people are. And psychologically speaking, we know it's it's impossible for someone to be angry and outraged unless they're first scared. And granted, when they, they don't present their fear in a transparent, vulnerable way, they may not even know they're afraid. But at the core, I think it's important to hold space for that compassion because these are humans and they are our brothers and sisters. At the same time, we also have to hold boundaries and stand for the truth unapologetically that we stand for. So it's kind of confusing, but I think all that's important.
0: (laughs) A paradox. There's a sweet spot in there somewhere and it is all about balance and And I appreciate that. So let's talk a little bit about your background. I I was aware of your work, uh, your funny videos uh, before all this COVID stuff. But really, you just it's one of those things where a lot of people, they want to speak the truth, but then they're afraid that they'll alienate people or they'll look weird and stuff. Was it the opposite effect for you? Did you find like a new kind of cult following once you really started speaking your truth about this COVID narrative?
1: Yeah. Yeah. But I had the fear, too, in the beginning. And of course, my background, I've been a member of the World Economic Forum for 10 years, (laughs) and it's been great (laughs) serving Klaus Schwab. No, but, you know, my, my career accidentally changed in the spring of 2020. Before that, I had been a comedian, which had been a great surprise blessing. I'd been doing that for a handful of years at that point. Doing comedy a lot of like in the spiritual conscious community, food, health, fitness, doing comedy and stuff like that. That's always important to me. But then freedom started getting taken away, and I didn't realize freedom was my number one value until it started getting taken away. It's just like a fish doesn't know it's swimming in water until you take it out of the water, and I'm I'm not proud that I was ignorant, entitled and taking freedom for granted, but it's the truth. So I'll be honest with it. And and then, you know, just I'm someone I I like to follow the call of my heart, whatever it says. I, I prayerfully ask for the awareness to hear the call of my heart and the courage to act on it. And spring of 2020, I, you know, like so many other people watching, I quickly realized uh, this pandemic has nothing to do with the virus. Our freedom's in jeopardy, and I've, I know a bit about history, so I know historical patterns, so I know where this could lead if we allow it. So the call in my heart was, I need to stand up for freedom. But the challenging part of that for me at the time was freedom became a political issue, which is side note, mind boggling, like the United States, how is freedom a political issue? This is supposed to be the United States of America where we're founded on freedom and both sides agree on freedom. You might have different ideas and policies about how to implement it, but everybody agrees on freedom. But that's not reality. Spring of 2020, it became apparent to me, one side stands for freedom, the other stands for communism. Uh, Based on how it looks to me. So I'm like, what matters most to me is freedom. I have to represent it. It's weird that it's a political issue, but I'm going into the arena of where freedom is. But here was my fear. My fear was, you know, I've always been told, talking about politics and religion is the worst thing for business, JP. And if you start talking about politics, even though you're called to for you know, standing up for freedom, you can divide your audience. You can lose your audience. You can be deplatformed off YouTube, all the social medias where a large amount of my living comes from. So I was scared. But I realized, yeah, it's kind of dangerous to talk about freedom, but it's more dangerous not to because I know where this will go if we allow it. And there's a conversation, you know, I realized spring of 2020, found out my wife was pregnant. And I realized there's a conversation I'm never willing to have with my son one day, where I have to explain to him two things. One, what freedom was. And two, why his father didn't do anything about it while he had a chance. So in that context of, it's way more dangerous not to talk about freedom. I just knew like, I gotta just follow my heart. If I lose my business, uh, deplatform, lose my audience, so be it, I'm willing to accept the consequences. Spoiler alert, it's turned out to be the best thing I've ever done for my business. It's not intentional, <laughs> it's not a business strategy, it's just a, a being true to my heart strategy. But what you, know, my audience had exponentially built, uh, which was great, But what that taught me was, I think, a life lesson that applies to everybody, not just me. When you have the courage to stand for your truth, life rewards you. However those rewards look, you always win when you stand for truth. And that also taught me, oh, wow, I not only didn't lose my audience, I'm sure some people dropped off, but they were replaced by exponentially more people. But it taught me, I'm not the only one that thinks this way. Freedom lovers, I learned through both my audience exponentially growing, as well as touring all over the country throughout the whole pandemic, doing comedy shows. We are the majority. Freedom lovers are the majority. Of course, the narrative doesn't want us, they they want us to think the opposite but the truth is freedom lovers are the majority, which of course warmed my heart to realize that. And of course, just kept fueling my fire.
0: I love that. I love that. You mentioned heart a lot, right? So it's, I'm always in my head and I'm, I'm hip to the mindfulness and all that stuff, but I I can, I'm connecting with that, getting into the heart because it definitely has a lot of signals and information that are often overlooked. And, you can tap into that heart space when you're feeling that fear and anxiety and let it be uh, a leader. Yeah. Uh, yeah, There's so much to unpack in what you said. And I, I'm with you because I've been doing this activism thing for 20 years and I got, I woke up quote unquote, although you never really finish waking up. And if you do, then you got some more waking up to do, but (laughs) it was with nine 11. Right. So I saw Alex Jones on cable access in Austin and that was like, whoa, it was 9-11 Road to Tyranny. And back then it was, I felt like a lonely person, right? But we still connected with our little 9-11 truth crew and we would like pass out burnt DVDs on UT campus and stuff. And then the Ron Paul campaign happened and all these people came out of the woodwork and they're like, Liberty sounds like a great idea. And since then it's just grown and grown exponentially. And the organization that's putting on the greater reset, the Freedom Cell Network, uh, it's a bunch of free people working together to create real freedom in our lives. Essentially, we're trying to lay the foundation to build a free society. We're the ones hosting the Greater Reset event. Before COVID, there was a thousand of us that were registered on the website and connecting with one another. Post-COVID, there's now 36,000 people. So wow,
1: that's a amazing metric. The games. Wow. Yeah,
0: they're the best players on the team, of course. But you're, you're right. You, a lot of people stay behind the computer, and they stay in that fear space, and they don't get out to see that like, we're winning. And that's something Dell had said at the event. We were at the uh, Plandemic 3 watch party, kind of release party thing. And Dell was out there like, you know what? We're freaking winning this this war. So let me ask you this. You're a very positive guy. Are there ever times where you do feel defeated? Are there things that you worry about? Um, Like, what do you think our our pain points are? What do we need to watch out for?
1: Yeah. Uh, Yeah, you know, uh, I I, I wish I could say... John, I, I never get worried. I'm always positive, but that'd be a lie. Yeah, and it goes against my values. I have moments of fear, and, and I'm grateful to say they're moments. They're not prolonged days, weeks, or months of just being riddled with fear and therefore controlled by fear. Um, so I have moments, and then I realize, oh, uh, we have God on our side. <laughs> that's kind of important. And I do believe truth always wins out. It's just a matter of how long does it take for truth to win out? And that to me, I have to remind myself because I'll read a headline, like whatever, World Economic Forum wants to block out the sun. I'm going to have a few moments of fear when I read something like that. Um, but then I also realize that's how they control people. And freedom lovers, we're not immune to being controlled by globalists, tyrannists, just evil people. We we can think our thoughts, our, our freedom values, and that's great. But if we're always in a fear mindset, guess what? We're under their influence of control because they're the ones that made us afraid. So we're living in their frame. So I think it's very important to step out of that and do our best to come from a place of love. And to me, that's way easier when we know what we stand for, rather than just crusading against what we don't stand for. Some of that's necessary. But also while we do that, crusading for what we do stand for, that comes from a place of love. And and yeah, getting really practical, I think socially, we're in the process of a forest fire. And, you know, it, you don't want to be in a forest during the forest fire. It, it probably it's not the most pleasant place to be. But nature has great purpose for having forest fires. We realize it's part of nature. It's a natural cycle. Things grow back better, more lush. The, the forest becomes better after the forest fire after a period of time. So there's so much in our society that we're all waking up to. You, John, you've been awake for a long time. That isn't in our best interest. And I think right now we're in the process of shedding that skin. That's great. But the reality is that means there's changes. There's the forest fire. We're we're shedding things, things that structures are burning down, things we thought were true are burning down, things are changing. That's absolutely true. So, you know, me and my family, we're certainly taking measures uh, as sensibly as we can, becoming more responsible for our own food, water protection. I mean, in in just one short term, we're doing our best to progressively become more decentralized so that we're less reliant on whatever the systems are that are in the process of being burned down and and i think one thing i do that helps and i'll just say it out loud in case anybody can derive any benefit from it and if you can't then just bear with me we have to look at our relationship with change when we're in our kind of not best self we automatically fear change. Even if change is in our best interest, it's human nature to just instinctively fear change. However, the, if we don't let things change, we, we just sit in the coffin of our comfort zone our whole lives. It's comfortable, but it's not great. It doesn't leave us fulfilled. But if we change our relationship to change, to change one where we actually welcome change, where we realize discomfort, That's a part of change, no question about it. But we don't have to believe what's uncomfortable for us is bad for us. It's just like working out, it's uncomfortable as hell, but it's good for us. Getting out of a bad relationship, uncomfortable as hell, but it's good for us. And I think we're going through change at a big level. I don't think any of us can stop it. And in fact, I think a lot of us encourage it. But to have good peace of mind and not just be paralyzed in fear all day, we can choose to have a different relationship with change, one where we actually view it as a good thing. And the discomfort that comes with it, that's actually in our best interest because people don't grow when they're comfortable. We grow when we're uncomfortable. We grow outside of our comfort zone. So having that framework which is a conscious choice. If you choose to have it, having that mental framework about change and where we're at and where we're going for me, at least it's absolutely essential. So I can still have a smile on my face and enjoy the ride. Well, uh, in John, if you can hear me, uh, it sounds like you're muted.
0: Aha, making sure you're still paying attention there. No. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm I'm I'm,
1: censoring you no more talking for
0: uh, you and then right and when they the change was now that was me I was just messing around was old Wayne's world
1: I'm a funny guy too
0: anyway the first one was actually muted though maybe that was a little cover-up job there uh so yes change is scary for a lot of people understandably so we just get stuck in our ways and I really appreciate you bringing up that it's our growth the growth comes when we're uncomfortable I really like that expression to get comfortable with the uncomfortable, right? And I think a lot of people, a lot of times people just don't, They've never really experienced something different as far as because our whole thing with the greater reset is like, let's build these new institutions. And you mentioned decentralization. Right. So we got decentralized money with the Bitcoin thing and we got decentralized food systems, growing your own food, going to the local farmer's market, uh, pulling the kids out of government school into the homeschool co-ops. Right. And I think a lot of people, they've never tried it And one thing that I've noticed in my business, Live Free Academy, I try to help people create freedom and prosperity and more so than teaching them how to set up a cryptocurrency wallet or what the process is to buy land and put a down payment and maybe cooperatively buy what the legal structure is, yada, yada, yada. More so than that, I focus most of my energy on helping people to recognize and overcome their limiting beliefs because more often than not, we're just getting in our own way, myself included. Right. So what do you think the role in limiting beliefs plays in preventing and slowing people down from progress in, in the term, in the context of creating a better life, creating more freedom, opting out of all this nonsense? Can you talk about limiting beliefs?
1: Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I, I personally think looking at it through a limiting belief lens is very potent because limiting beliefs they don't protect us; they they just protect us from change. And in, in at least my journey, I'm realizing how I, th- especially like f- from my first memory as a kid, all the way through 2020 or so, uh, I'm realizing the world's not the way I thought it was. Nothing is as it seems. And also realizing the world's not going to be what I've always thought it would be. I'm 41 now. What I spent 39 or 38 years thinking the world would be, it's not going to be that. But if limiting beliefs go unchecked, they'll be sitting there protecting you against change in an effort to align you with what you thought the world was going to be like, what you think the world should be like. So I think realizing limiting beliefs don't protect us, limiting beliefs, they're, they get ingrained. They really do. And sometimes changing a limiting belief, letting a new belief come in, really considering that, and then letting action come from that uncomfortable as hell. However, that's in our best interest. I think going from limiting beliefs to unlimiting beliefs It's in the new paradigm that we're living in, I, I think it's absolutely essential, personally.
0: Yep, it's critical. It's critical. Let's talk back uh, about your comedy career, right? So, when you started with comedy, what were you doing before comedy? What got you into comedy? Uh, Comedy's tough, right? I used to run this bookstore, and uh, I would we would do a under it was called conscious comedy. Although some of it was kind of raunchy, not the most conscious. It was like conspiracy comedy, and I was the one that ran the bookstore. So, when I would go down there, people just Absolutely loved it. I don't know. I was the guy that operated the store. They knew me. They liked me. And then the first time I did a little comedy set in a downtown Austin bar, I absolutely bombed. And then like <laughs> I, I got all uncomfortable and tried to like be funny by being really perverted and like nasty. It was just a weird, weird experience. Anyway, so it's not the easiest thing, but you certainly make it look easy. Was your stick always the kind of poking at the? Uh, extra spiritual type folks, or was there something before that? And, and how did you get into this whole spiritual thing? Because I know you poke at it, but it's clear with the way you communicate in your message that so you're a very spiritual person yourself. In fact, like you're, you're spiritual as
1: fuck. Thank you for acknowledging my spiritualness. Um, <laughs> being ultra spiritual—that's my preferred pronoun. Uh, but yeah, actually. It, First part of the question: Before comedy, I was doing uh, health coaching, so exercise, nutrition, life coaching, and I absolutely loved it. I, speaking of unlimited beliefs or limited beliefs, I never allowed myself to believe that my sense of humor w- could lead me anywhere. And it's always been a well-developed sense of humor in my personal life ever since I was a kid. But the limiting belief was just like, nah, it's, uh, it's not good enough to do anything professionally. So then, you know, I, I spent 10 years living in Southern California until I was 33. And that's where, uh, you know, I really, really got into spirituality and uh, great stuff I learned being immersed in that world and a lot of benefit. And then I started to realize like, There's so much egotistical nature in the spiritual communities, but nobody calls it out because they don't even see it because the ego hides behind these noble looking hiding spots where it can remain unchecked, unrecognized. Therefore it stays unconscious. Therefore people don't really grow beyond it. It's kind of like, yeah, I meditate. How long do you meditate? Oh, only 20 minutes a day. Well, I do 45. So (laughs) this is, So as I was seeing that while I was doing the health coaching, I'm like, "Eh, I want to call this out in a (laughs) fun way. So I I didn't know how to make YouTube videos, but I kept having these ideas come to me for a YouTube video as a way of conveying this perspective through the language of comedy. And I thought, ah, what the heck, I'll make this stupid video, and it'll be crap. It won't even be funny, but I'm going to make it. But when I made that video, uh, first comedy video I released was October 5th, 2014, it woke something up inside of me. It was a level of creative satisfaction and fulfillment that I hadn't tapped into before. In my previous work, I, it was very fulfilling. So this was like a new level for me. Then a few weeks later, I'm like, man, maybe, maybe I could make another video. And then I kept doing that sporadically. And then you just, a big happy accident, it became my career because I kept doing these videos because they were fun for me. They were a creative outlet and they were reaching some people and helping them not only get a laugh, but also self-realize a little bit more, awaken a little bit more, you know, beyond their limiting beliefs, beyond their egotistical nature. And... You know, a couple of years into making the comedy videos, they were really taking off and more opportunities were coming up for speaking, performing, uh, sponsorships, things like that. So, a couple of years into it, I decided to do the uncomfortable and let go of a good thing, which was my previous career, in order to more fully step into the change, the unknown of the comedy world. And it's, I like to say it's a happy accident because I've never planned it. I've just been forced gumping my way along, doing my best to follow my heart wherever it wants to go, whatever it wants to speak about, do comedy about. And uh, I truly feel like the most blessed person in the world that I get to earn a living and provide for my family by spending my time doing what feels very joyful for me. And now certainly the the past few years, it, the the jo- joy and fulfillment has up leveled because now the comedy is, it stands for something way more, in my opinion. I mean, it stands for the greatest God-given gift we could ever be given, which is our freedom, which is certainly being under attack. So at, at a personal, selfish level, I feel very grateful that, I get to do comedy and get the level of fulfillment, joy and connection with millions of people that um, I get to experience.
0: Right on. I love that. And there's a lot of people that have a passion or there's something they want to try, but their own insecurity and limiting beliefs get in the way of them pursuing it and never finding out if it could be successful. Maybe it ends up bombing or it's too much work and it just doesn't take off. But you never know until you try.
1: Yeah. So that's and- what I Go ahead. And, and on that note, it, for everybody who has an idea that's uncomfortable, a small percentage will take action. But out of that small percentage that take action, even a smaller percentage will keep taking action. Because if you if you're doing something new, even when you give your best effort with it, you're earnest, you put your all into it. You're just like, you know, the first time you did stand up comedy on stage, you bombed, you said, went horribly There's almost a 100% chance that your first initial effort, as much courage as it took to go from the mass amount of people who have the same idea to you, someone taking the first step of action on it, almost a 100% chance you're going to suck because you've never done it before. You're like a toddler walking for the Mm -hmm. first time. They suck at it. But the deal is if they keep walking after a certain number of repetitions, they walk with beautiful fluid motion. But it takes a while. So that small percentage of people who have the courage to not only take the first action, but then keep taking action, and it feels way more uncomfortable because you typically suck. And if you don't suck, there's certainly self-judgment. There's all the uncomfortable stuff that you have to keep being willing to feel in order to keep going and eventually – maybe become better than sucking at it. So I, I just like with your sentiment John I I also strongly encourage people if you have an idea especially if it feels purpose for you even if it if it scares the hell out of you that's the best thing for you to do and not only do it once but keep doing it over yeah. and over and over again you can look at the 10,000 hours to mastery principle. Sure. Look at anyone who's great at doing your idea. They did not start out great. We can guarantee that. They just put in the time and effort.
0: Yeah, persistence is really the big differentiator between success and failure. Never truly fail until you give up. And the cool thing about this freedom thing that we're part of is if you try something in the freedom world, our fellow freedom family folks – a lot of alliteration there. We're very forgiving, right? And it's like, someone's like, oh my God, you're a freedom person and you're offering this particular service I'm in need of. I'm going to go give you some business. And even, you know, if you're getting your feet off the ground or whatever, I'm going to be really grateful because I want to do business with people that think like I do. So for folks on the fence, like just go out there and get it, tap into the freedom community, freedomcells.org, whatever it may be. And you'll find that you already have a base of willing customers and clients that are going to be more forgiving than the general public that's not always the case. I know I got some clients that are total hard asses. I'm sure you do too, but just give it a shot. Um, all right. I want to talk about the great reset Be- before I do, let me just, uh, get one more spiritual thing out of there. Uh, I've always, so I've been somewhat spirit, not as spiritual as you, of course, Mr. Sears. But, you know, I've been spiritual, I've been aware. In fact, the whole mindfulness thing, it just really clicked for me once I started learning about the topic, studying Buddhism. I was just kind of like, okay, mindfulness. I was able to catch myself. Of course, it takes all sorts of work and cultivation. And I never really got the meditation thing down because I was always so antsy and anxious, right? And then I kind of felt like, oh, I got this down. I'm aware of my thoughts and I can interrupt unhelpful thought patterns, right? I got it down, right? Right. so what I struggle with is this balance between action and the mind the mindset type stuff, right? And there's this cool expression I learned and it was uh, woke plus work equals success, right? So you can have woke but not put in the work. Just the same, you can have work, you reach a certain level of success, but when you haven't done the inner work, you sabotage yourself, right? And then I know people that are only doing the woke and it's almost like they're floating in the sky. They're not grounded in like practical get shit done kind of ethos. So I know myself, I'm just like massive action. I burn myself out. Uh, so I think I'm like hiding some of the difficulty that I'm really facing in running these businesses and doing all this activist work because I'm so immersed in the work. It's like an escape, kind of like a workaholic kind of thing. So what are you, what kind of advice could you give myself and the listeners about striking that balance, right? We don't want to go too far in the spiritual world and then we're not getting stuff done. But at the same time, if we're just always working and busy, then we're never taking the opportunity to smell the roses and to do the inner work, which is really what it's all about you got any insights on that
1: yeah i mean uh, my first insight is a green (laughs) there's both there's kind of like the uh, say the same thing differently in the spiritual world you'll hear a lot of people talk about the law of attraction just visualize it get your mind right dialed into like whatever your true north star visualize keep your mind on that law of attraction it'll happen only problem with that is it doesn't because you also don't have the law of action in mm-hmm. play. So you, you having the mind right dialed in where you're, you're running the software of your own critical thinking and you're following the, the North star of you, your heart, not someone else's agenda for you, not even your past self, like what you thought you should do, what you should be, but that mindfulness gets you dialed into you. What's your purpose in this moment or career this phase of your life what's your purpose to go after and, and it can take a while to feel into that make some mistakes you think you're following the path and you are but you know it's a journey not a destination but then you have to realize and it i get out of balance too so i'm not going to pretend to be anywhere close to perfect but then you have to realize action is so important like we're in a physical body for a reason and to think that hard work doesn't have to be a part of the equation I think robs ourselves not only of what we could achieve and become but the hard work is one of those things that it can be uncomfortable but you're not going to have happiness and fulfillment unless you do the things that are uncomfortable right like just trying to be happy good luck Usually happiness, in my opinion, it comes from paradoxically doing things that make you unhappy in the moment, Mm -hmm. showing up day in and day out to put in your 10,000 hours, if you will. So, and then the balance, you know, I'm someone who's mostly out of balance most of the time. Uh, Be careful. You probably don't want to listen to what I'm saying because I'm out of balance. But I, I think the phase of our life, the phase of our career, whatever cycles there might be. I think the balance can, what is balanced can change. It's probably not 50, 50 all the time, like one part mindfulness, the other part action, but sometimes it's, you know, I'm in a phase that feels pretty balanced to me. And I'd say it's probably 20% mindfulness, 80% action and rewind eight years ago. It was probably reversed for me. So I I don't know. Learning to feel the guardrails when we hit them, I think Mm. is helpful. You know, if we too far towards the mindfulness guardrail, we realize like, Oh, nothing in my life is actually changing in the direction I want it to go. We go too far towards like all work and we're just disconnected from ourselves. Then we might feel burnt out. We might feel like, dude, I'm doing a lot, but I'm not achieving. And maybe I'm not even going in the direction that feels right. So, and that's all pretty airy-fairy and abstract, but uh, just a thought on it.
0: No, it's good stuff. And I, I like what the boundaries, because then that's the signal. You're like burnt out. Okay, I'm obviously working too much, too much action, let, less meditation, relaxation, spirituality. I like what Natalie Britton here said. She said, I love that question. For me, the answer always comes back to grounding. How can we maintain balance between overworking and keeping our spiritual centers? My answer is always spend time in nature. I love nature. It'll definitely bring you back to where you need to be. Um, let me show you this comment here, too. Can you imagine the freedom movement without Mr. Sears? Horrifying. It would
1: definitely <laughs> fail. The future would, fail. Humanity. would be true. Just yep. communist concentration camps. <laughs> Instant
0: communism without every time you rest, we're all enslaved. When you wake. He has risen and everything. All right. Um, We've got about five minutes left. If you're just joining us, we're joined. we by the none other than JP Sears. Uh, very funny, very spiritual, but packs a really mean punch when it comes to the message. And it's just that mixing that humor in kind of takes people's guard down. That's one of the things I appreciate you. Check out his work at awakenwithjp.com, awakenwithjp.com. And uh, they did drop us a coupon code if you guys put in freedom ten. Freedom 10, you get 10% off the merch. There's lots of cool, clever shirts. I see them around town, too. So you'll know you're in good company when you see one of these shirts. And uh, Mr. Sears will be joining us at the Greater Reset 4 co-creation. It's coming up January 18th through the 22nd. So excited. He will be uh, sharing some inspirational and motivational thoughts at the Zuby concert. So Zuby, I'm sure you guys are familiar with him. He's got a lot of powerful messages as well. Two positive guys that really just cut through all the noise and can condense a message into a very uh receivable fashion which is a very important talent these days but he'll be joining us you can go to livefree.academy/tgr that's livefree.academy/tgr if you want to get a ticket to the Texas event my good friend Derek Bros is also hosting the event down in Mexico anyone can watch the live stream absolutely for free online at thegreaterreset.org that's thegreaterreset.org okay before we let you go let me let me uh, ask you what your take is on the great reset And what are some of the most important things people can do in order to overcome this agenda to enslave us and and surveil us? And, you know, we'll own nothing, be happy. What's your take? What's your elevator pitch on what we should do about all this?
1: Yeah, well, John, you're going to be shocked by my take. I don't think the great resets in our best interest I know. Slow down. That's actually my belief. I still have writing on my hand from a video I was doing earlier today. Forgive that. <laughs> um, but yeah, the the great reset, in my opinion, boiled down, it's all about evil people who probably have very wounded inner children who just want to control other people. My definition of evil is anyone who tries to control another person in a way that's not in their best interest. So for me, the great reset, it's evil. It's all about control. So the solution to that is we can ask, how do I make myself uh, uncontrollable to them? And at a fundamental level, it boils down to, we stay in control of our own sovereignty. Mm. And that that starts with our thinking. We have to own our minds. We can't outsource our thinking to anyone else. The news, the media, the world economic forum, even other freedom fighters, we get information consider it, but we can't outsource our thinking to anyone. And then, you know, going above the base of the pyramid there, we run into action. What do we need to do? For me, it comes down to, we do things that put, our lives way more in control of us. So that means being less reliant on systems that bigger powers control. Because if you're like a food system, if you're reliant on the food system, and we see what's happening with the Dutch farmers shutting them down, all Green New Deal inspired Germany, they're they're disabling their farmers, they're creating the right conditions for a famine. So if you're if you're dependent on food from a the system like that, that means your life is dependent on them, which means you're in a much more disempowered position where obedience starts to look like a good option for you. So, I think taking a lot more control over what needs to sustain our lives as well as sustain our happiness. So being responsible for our own food, being responsible for determining what the schools are that our children go to, being responsible for our water, our shelter, our protection. Um, I, I think the monetary systems are certainly up there where when we're a slave, all our financial livelihood is tied to central banks and whatever social credit scores are gonna be happening or trying to implement we got to take that control back for ourselves so it, to me it comes down to in a word decentralization is the greatest bulletproofing against the great reset along with a beautiful mindset that says i will not comply with unjust laws regulations martin luther king yeah. jr as well as gandhi both had those uh, those sentiments martin luther king jr said one has a moral responsibility to disobey an unjust law. And Gandhi says civil disobedience becomes a sacred duty when the state is lawless and corrupt. So in other Mm -hmm. words, being in control of our sovereignty automatically means we will not comply with unjust people. A lot we could say on that, uh, but as a a short soundbite, that's uh, those are essentials to me when we're looking at the effort of the great reset
0: that's gold absolute gold decentralization get your mind right and just say no and i appreciate those quotes there cuz uh, yeah the new the you know the woke left and stuff they need to get back to the roots of what made that movement uh, civil rights and you know equality, equality under the law, at least uh, really powerful force. And so, Hey man, I really appreciate you spending some time with us. I know that you're a busy guy and I'm so grateful again, that you're going to be joining us for the greater reset. Can't wait to hear what you have to say. I know it's going to be a really special night. So thank you so much again for joining us today.
1: Absolutely. Thank you for having me on John. And for all the viewers out there, you beautiful freedom lovers, if you can make it to the greater reset event in Texas or Mexico Look forward to seeing you there in person in Texas. And if you can't make it, please tune in live online. It'll just be a joy to share that connection with y'all.
0: Thank you so much. Okay. All right. We'll see you soon here in Bastrop. Bye. All right, ladies and gentlemen, wow, wow, wow. So, we only had uh, Mr. Sears there for about 45 minutes. We tried to go for an hour. So, I want you to stick around and you'll be able to hear me riff and rant. But before I do that, I just want to shout out Mr. Richard Grove, who was watching along. I hope he's still tuned in. Richard Grove is the man, along with an incredible team like Joshua Hale, who'll be joining us to help with the production here in Central Texas. He is a guy behind Autonomy, and this organization, Autonomy, actually is one of the sponsors of the Greater Reset for co-creation. I invite you to check out their work at getautonomy.info. That's getautonomy.info. Essentially, it's like a club. It's a network. It's a community of free people that are all looking to level up their skills, whether it's marketing, communication, entrepreneurship, getting stuff done. It's I've been a part of the community, real close with a lot of people that are behind it and that are participating. And I tell you what, it is one heck of an opportunity. If you feel stuck, if you feel like you're struggling in life, head over to GetAutonomy.info. They have a free obstacle course that you can take. Just click on this button right here. I'm interested. Enter the obstacle course and they will help you get clear on what it takes in order to change your life because really that's what it's all about. We're not afraid of change here on Live Free Now. Joe and Richard Grove and crew are helping people to change their lives for the better. So check out getAutonomy.info. That's get autonomy.info. And I want to thank them again for sponsoring the program. Okay. So we got about 10, 15 minutes left. The great reset. Everybody really knows what it is at this point. What, what I want to communicate to folks is a lot of people in our freedom movement, truth movement, they've kind of abrogated the ability to change the world to these new world order control freaks, right? So there's all these big ambitious plans, create uh, a surveillance dragnet, merge biology and technology, usher in this system of central bank digital currencies coupled with a digital ID and a social credit score, add on top of that a vaccine passport, which will morph into some sort of climate carbon cap passport right and so they're very public about these ideas i got news for you ladies and gentlemen there's no reason why you and i the folks that are watching here today cannot create our own world right they want a new normal well i got news for you the old way of doing things was not serving me either and while they want more centralization more control more surveillance we want decentralization we want freedom and voluntary relationships. And we want transparency and auditable, decentralized systems. There's no reason why we can't be the winners in the animated contest for freedom. We can create these systems. You know what's happening right now? I'm often just blown away like, the work that we've done with The Greater Reset, the, the number of speakers we got, head over to The Great. So if you want to buy tickets for the local event, you go to TGR. slash TGR. My company, Live Free Academy, and our local Freedom Cell community are hosting the Texas event. Derek and his Mexico Freedom Cell folks and uh, Ramiro Romani are hosting the Mexico event. But if you head over to thegreaterreset.org, that's the hub for all the information. You can tap into the Mexico event. You can tap into the Texas event. And this is also where you will go in order to watch the live stream but i just want to check out some of the speakers here because i'm really blown away uh by the folks we've managed to pull together sean hawkins has all sorts of cool permaculture stuff dr ken berry we had him on the lip free now show uh, not too long ago he's doing amazing work when it comes to the proper human diet dell big tree i mean come on as soon as you're done wrapping up as soon as we're done here I encourage you to go over to the the High Highwire the and check out Derek Bros. He just did it. it was very short and sweet, but it was powerful, and he got the message out. I know we're going to have some growth in the Freedom Cell Network website. We got Derek Bros. Of course, Sayer G. Green Med Info. Uh, just uh, I'm just blown away, and to see all these cool, powerful people coming together. Uh, this guy right here is Fluffy Pony. He's the guy behind Monero. Mark Moss will be speaking in Texas. Uh, Market Disruptors, he's got a big network as well. Zuby's going to perform. He's got James Guzman's really powerful down in Mexico helping folks uh, when it comes to changing their citizenship and all that stuff. My lovely my lovely wife, Danny and Vanessa, my good friends. They're incredible. Uh, shout out ECI Development. They're one of the sponsors as well. Tom Woods, Catherine Austin Fitz, my good friend David James Rodriguez. Alex Zek will be there. I mean, man, Paul Wheaton's going to be sp- speaking. Glenn Meter It's going to be an incredible event, and it it just really makes me feel optimistic and hopeful that things are going well because we have so many people. These are just like the influencers and leaders in the community, not to mention the swelling numbers of people that question the narrative that are capable of rational thought, are capable of critical thinking, and not only that, because that's just one piece, being aware of the problem. More importantly, and the message that we're bringing with the Greater Reset, the message that we bring with the Freedom Cell Network, is what are we going to do about it? What are we going to do about it? And I appreciate the perspective that JP has when he talked about your sense of purpose. So something that keeps me going when I'm feeling overwhelmed, and that was powerful stuff talking about Just taking sustained action because a lot of people try something, it doesn't work, and then they just go back to the limiting beliefs or blaming themselves or, oh, I was never any good at this or that, right? And so, oh, guess Alison McDowell's not coming. No, Alison McDowell's not coming. We invited her to the first one, actually, but she seems to have quite the uh, bone to pick with Derek and I because we're into Bitcoin and cryptocurrency, and she thinks that's the devil, There are some devilish aspects of blockchain technology. But anyway, I digress. Threw off my of thought there, Ms. Stephanie Ramirez. I appreciate the comments, though. It takes a lot of sustained action and persistence in order to get something done, right? And whenever I feel frustrated or overwhelmed, I've been actually having a pretty rough week when it comes to running my businesses and some new news that I've gotten and some inner office politics. Um, It's been a challenge for me. But I always go back to my why, right? My Why? And my why, in large part, is to create a better world for my kids, but not just for my kids who are on this earth now. Who knows? Maybe there'll be more someday. But for future generations, because I see where things are going. I see where things are going. I've been studying this for 20 years. I always bring that up. I don't know. I guess I'm proud of it. I don't know what the deal is with that. But it just I got a unique perspective having studied this stuff for 20 years. Old Richard Grove was there in the chats for a long time. He's been in the game for quite some time as well. And it's enabled us to kind of see where things are going. So, you know, 15 years ago, you're like, okay, I see, I see where this is going. And now all of a sudden, with COVID, it's like, holy crap, this isn't a question of where things are going. It's a question of We are here now and the chess pieces are being put in place to checkmate humanity. I've always been hopeful. I've always been optimistic. The, the, Just the idea of freedom. Now that human beings have experienced it, they understand it. There's literature all about it. And not just like the John Locke classical liberalism back in the day, but the radical Murray Rothbard. And then to take it even a step further, the Samuel Edward Konkin, the father of agorism, revolutionary market anarchism. Let's opt out of the system and build counter economies. That those ideas are out there in the wild, it's just like Bitcoin. The software is now operating, the Bitcoin blockchain exists on over 40,000 computers all throughout the world in almost every single country, and so those ideas are there. I'm forever optimistic, but the challenge is early on when I was studying this stuff, you know, we talked about surveillance and we talked about. Them wanted to have this big brother panopticon society, but it was like, okay, I don't see how they could possibly pull that off. I mean, we, I guess we have, I mean, there was like, I remember working at Best Buy when digital cameras came out, and we were all excited when it advanced from one megapixel up to four megapixels. I remember HD TVs, it didn't used to be this really thin LCD or plasma. I don't even know if they do plasma anymore. It was this big, giant box that you could practically live in, right? And so, It was kind of difficult to foresee how they could be successful in operating and setting up their new world order. But as technology advances, it becomes very crystal clear that they now have the technological capabilities to enslave humanity. And I realized early on what they're going for essentially is to create an environment where the masses can no longer rise up. They want to end the cycle of revolutions and just everybody's tracked, traced. You can be shut out of the economy if you step out of line. And that's part of their play. I'm very conscious of strategy, strategic thinking, and the way that they're operating is let's make the people on this planet so dependable on our systems that they don't even think about define our edicts and orders because they know if they were to, we would starve them out. And then the fathers and the mothers got to think twice. That's something I touched on with JP. It's like, you know, you put a lot of stuff at risk by speaking out against the truth, right? That's just a bit of his livelihood if he got shut off of YouTube. Imagine getting shut out of your home or your work or your ability to do commerce, which is exactly what it says in the book of Revelations with the mark of the beast system. So it's crunch time, folks. I don't want to be fearful or alarmist, but I do want to make it crystal clear that if we don't double down on our efforts to exit the systems we disagree with and to build the alternatives There could be a time in the not so distant future, probably a couple, three or four generations, where the people no longer have the option or the choice that you and I have today. Let me roll that back again. You and I have a choice right now in the present moment to opt out, to build new systems, to learn a new privacy technology to purchase one of Ramiro Romani's above phones and decouple from Apple and Google tracking every bit and sending constantly pinging their towers and all the data going off. We have the opportunity to learn and to grow Bitcoin Monero networks right now, right? In many places, most places, it's still legal to pull your kids out of government school and homeschool them. Not everywhere. The point I'm trying to make is it's going to come a time in the future where this stuff is no longer an option for us. So a lot of stuff we do, Freedom Cell Network, i it's like, oh, I don't want to do the Freedom Cell Network. I'll be put on a list, and they'll come take me away. It's like, well, there's 36,000 of us, and we're not being taken away. And the thing is, if they're capable of taking people away for voluntary association, for a right to associate and assemble and relate to other human beings, that's all the more reason – to join the freedom cell network because if you exist in an environment where they can just put you in a cage because you're associating with other free people, then you better do something about it now before that really starts to happen. So I don't want you to live in fear, but I do want people to have a sense of urgency. Now the price of Liberty is eternal vigilance and having that 20 year perspective, I've come to realize that this struggle between good and evil between the free people and the tyrants It will continue on into the future, but perhaps we're running out of time before the systems are implemented that make it next to impossible for us to rebel. So what do we do about it? Do we fight? Do we protest? Do we yell at government buildings? Do we lobby politicians? Do we hope whoever, Kevin McCarthy, I don't freaking know these clowns in Congress, they're irrelevant to me. Do we opt into, do we enter a reactionary state where we're constantly catching up where we're subjected to the whims of our enemies. And we're like, well, they, they introduced that bill. We better go fight that bill. Now they introduce this bill. Let's go fight this bill. This is happening over here in this part of the town. Let's go protest and scream at government buildings. Or do we say we have a path of our own? That path is the promised land, is creating a free society. And the strategy that we're going to employ in order to get there is what we like to call exit and build. Exit the systems we disagree with, exit the systems we find to be morally reprehensible and build the alternative systems. Exit the banks, build cryptocurrency networks. Exit government schools, build homeschool co-ops and support private schools. Exit the pharmaceutical industrial complex, visit natural holistic health practitioners. Exit big tech, check out Odyssey. We're broadcasting the Odyssey. We got more people watching on Odyssey than we do the other big tech socials. That's what it's all about. And when I say exit, ultimately, we, need, we, need, we mean completely opting out, like true sovereignty, totally being free of those systems. And I recognize there's some risk in that at this moment in time. That's why we flip it around. Build. Let's build those systems so as to clear the way for us to exit. And I tell you what, we are bringing together 40 people. Autopoesis. Oh, my God. I love that. Yes. Stephanie Ramirez, thanks for tuning in. Uh, autopoiesis is actually a term I learned about when studying the Freedom Cell Network, right? Well, I birthed the idea, but I still study it all the time because it's incredible to see what it's turned into, right? It just started off as an idea, and then there was a couple little groups, and I started talking about it here and there. And then, thankfully, Derek Bros, we just work so well hand-in-hand with our ideas and our actions. He was like, that's a damn good idea. Let me go implement it in Houston. Let me talk about it on all these tours and all the videos and stuff I'm doing. And that's how it spread into a network. But the autopoiesis is when a biological entity self-replicates itself. And so that's what we're doing with the Freedom Cell Network. You got yourself or your group, your cell of around eight people, and then you start recruiting other people, and then you replicate and you start growing more people. And the cool thing about the network is it remains decentralized because you simply just grow and grow groups of eight. And before you know it, you have eight groups of eight, and then you have eight groups of 64, Right, and then you have 544 people there's a bunch of groups of them and everything's linked up and interlocking anyway uh, check out freedomcells.org freedomcells.org shout out, shout out Red Flyer Media and the lovely Rebecca Cunningham she'll be helping us with the live stream for the Texas event as well lots of good stuff going on folks just wanted to wrap up with a little bit of a rant here I am grateful to be alive in this incredible time I'm grateful for J.P. Sears I'm grateful for Zuby I'm grateful for Derek and Ramiro I'm grateful for my team here shout out once again to uh Crystal aka Wildcat there's a lot of amazing people that work behind the scenes with me and I do know that I work them extremely hard and I can't express uh how much I appreciate them because everybody gives me the credit because I'm the face and I'm on the videos and stuff when in reality there's I couldn't do it without Rebecca Cunningham without my wife Rebecca without Ryan on the phones echo um all the great people and Crystal's the one that landed this interview so I want to thank you Crystal for doing just that all right guys we're ranting and raving here. Head, out, have it, head over to thegreaterreset.org, the thegreaterreset.org. If you can't make it in person to Texas, you really should come to Texas and check out JP and Zuby. If you can't make it to Mexico, you really should go down to Mexico and check out Del Bigtree and hang out with Derek and Ramiro. They're going to have incredible concerts and, and awesome entertainment as well. If you can't make it to either one of those places, head over to thegreaterreset.org, the thegreaterreset.org. Sign up for our email newsletter. There will be a pop-up there, or you can go to thegreaterreset.org slash email. And that way, you'll stay in touch with us, and you will be the first to know When we go live, it's completely free, completely free. I'm going to be honest. I do a lot of events. Like we do the X and build land summit and we do one day for free. And then we charge for the next days and everyone comes to the first day and we're like, we're giving away. We want to, you know, it's activism. We want to grow the message and grow the movement. But then we're like, Hey man, this event was expensive. We got a lot of speakers we had to pay. And ultimately I'm doing live free Academy as a business. It's entrepreneurship. That's what I do usually with events. There's a free part for folks that can't afford it and for folks to get excited and get the info. But then we want people to invest in themselves and to pony up some cash so they're committed and they're like, I invested in this course. I better take it. Right. But that's not what we're doing with The Greater Reset. This is just free for everyone to enjoy. So at the end of the day, you have no reason whatsoever not to at least tune in to the live stream and join us January 18th through the 22nd. Thank you so much again, Mr. JP Sears, for joining us. You are one heck of a funny guy, but more important than that, you got a potent and powerful message and we're all grateful that you're sharing it with the world. This is John Bush of the Live Free Now Show, once again, bringing you the news, views, tips, and tools you can use to live a free, prosperous, and healthy life. I hope you'll see us in Texas or in Mexico. If not, we'll see you there online. Peace and freedom. I'm out.